What's up, Badger fans? Welcome to a 4th of July episode of Locked On Badgers. We get the man on today, Brian Smith. We're talking recruiting. How big of a get is Agar, the cornerback, the four-star cornerback out of Philadelphia? Let's talk about it, plus a ton more recruiting stuff on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to a 4th of July episode of Locked On Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, as always. Uh, let's get into it. We got Brian Smith on today. We're talking recruiting. We're talking 4th of July. Brian, what's going on, my friend? It's hot as bejesus down here in Florida, and uh, I'm doing this podcast in the air conditioning, so I'm good. That's I love it, I man. I love it. <laughs> and for everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. Happy 4th of July. Brian, we're, we're going to start right here because we, we've touched on this. This is somebody you said, hey, we got to talk about Emilio. Is it Agard or Ogard? Do you know? I don't, yeah. I don't live in Philadelphia, and they pronounce things way different than me. So your guess is as good as mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Agard, but if I, I'll I'll look for corrections on that. So Emilio Agard, four star cornerback, five um, ten, about 170 commits to Wisconsin. Great offer list, great film. You had mentioned on Twitter. I want to start here. One of the biggest gets in Badger recruiting history. Um, take it from there. This is something I I believe I almost from the first 30 seconds I was on your first show, Wisconsin's not moving up the ladder till they get corners and receivers that make big plays. And that's just it. And that's about recruiting, getting guys. This was a kid that we kind of brought up. I don't know how I used him as an example. It's ironic. The young man just committed to the Badgers. So thank you very much for making that convenient segue for me. But he's a kid that I knew about when he was a freshman in high school. And keep in mind, I live in Florida. And he lives in Philadelphia, and I heard about it. So that puts things in perspective. Those are the kids that go historically to Miami, Florida State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia. Mm -hmm. They don't go to Wisconsin. And they and he could have went to Clemson, et cetera. Like he passed up other schools, Penn State, to go play for the Badgers. From a standpoint of not only okay, he's a good player. That's not not what's in question. It's the position and it's the accolades around it. It has to eventually be quote unquote cool to go to Wisconsin at positions that aren't offensive line. It's just true. Wisconsin outside of the state of Wisconsin doesn't have a very high trajectory point with a lot of recruits because they don't, you know, nobody's really familiar with the state and they don't play a really exciting brand of offensive football and defense while they've been good. It's been more in the, in the box corner. You got to get guys like that. If you're going to compete with the elite programs, I think he changes the dial from where Wisconsin's at and moves it up a notch because you got to get kids like that out of other people's backyards to win. There are not a lot of corners, DNs, et cetera, coming out of Wisconsin. There's just not. So they're going to have to win these battles. Huge for the Wisconsin Badger program. And then specifically with his film, what do you what do you see when you pop on the film? What is What makes him that four-star cornerback that built up that offer list? What's special about him? Twitchy, man. It's straightforward. This isn't a rocket science Adventure. When I watch like some of the kids that Wisconsin's gotten historically on the O-on, and they've done obviously just tremendous. So shout out to all the guys who went on to the NFL and stuff that played for the Badgers. You watch his film, and I I mean this is like from I think the last time I really dove into his films, like sophomore, and I have I have no interest really going into a deep dive again. I already knew that he was twitchy enough to play man-on-man coverage. That's a good start. And number two, he'd already been trained a little bit, like this is what I want to do. It's one thing to be just rangy and athletic. Like I know Cormani McLean very, very well. 
you're not going to find a physical specimen more freakish than him. He's not as crafty yet with all the little things, but he's six, one and a half and arms, you know, the wingspan of like six, five guy corners like that have more room for error. This kid's if he had Cormani's size, it wouldn't be fair, but he has the ability to come in and like be a nickel right away as he gains weight and be crafty enough to handle that five, nine, one fifty-five guy. That's fast. That always gives Wisconsin fits a guy like slot at Ohio state. They always kill with, or they kill everybody, but they always kill Wisconsin. Why? Because they don't have somebody that can physically match up with him. He can do that and make it cool. And his his film and his name, I'm telling you, it's going to open doors for Pickle and the Badgers. Uh, let, let's talk to because I think there's we're still in this habit when somebody says you could start at nickel, and people think, well, that's not really a starter. Nickel's basically a starter. It is for like football. 70% of the snaps anymore in college football. I talked to a coach about that the other day. How many teams line up other than Wisconsin and Iowa? And not Wisconsin anymore. That's what I mean. Like even like for the love of mankind, Wisconsin, if Wisconsin's running the spread, everybody runs a nickel Mm -hmm. and the nickel. I mean, I could literally do a two hour show with you and not even be halfway done on what nickel means because every, every freaking play is different because who lines up in the nickel for the offensive side. It could be a tight end. It could be a fullback, big receiver, a true slot. So you got to move guys around. It is the constant chess game. But if you're thinking about a traditional slot receiver, the guy that is annoying because you know he's going to run 10 bubble screens, RPOs and all that, you better have a rabbit that can chase him. How often has Wisconsin really been where you wanted him to be at nickel corner? Let's be honest here. Once in 10 years, maybe. You I know. mean, I, listen, I think if we're being honest, you can extend that to boundary corner. You can extend that to, I mean, we're secondary in general. where They haven't been on the matchup. And that's why they get smoked when they play a team with a real quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, they've had games where they've held teams under 100 yards rushing and got beat by double digits. It's because the teams just drop back and throw it every down. Wisconsin adding these guys like this. And the kid from Alabama, I forget his name that's committed, another really good corner. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You start adding those pieces and they come in and have a little success. Guess what? It's not as, and I'm not picking on Cincinnati, it's not as hard to sell Madison in the big 10 with their history and going to the big 10 title game and set going to Rose bowls, all that than Cincinnati. It's just not, they'll be able to escalate pretty quickly. It is important for Ogard and some of these guys to make an impact. I, I, I grant you that, but they're going to have really good coaches there in Madison. It's going to happen. Now I needed to see it though. And I told you that like, you got to prove to me, you can get some of these kids because it's not the cool thing to go play DB at Wisconsin. It's, it's a big deal, man. Well, and I wanted to hit on that because I think it's a great point. I do want to put this up here, though. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of people really enjoy the insight you bring, Brian. This is from David Polenez. Brian Smith is an absolute clinic to listen to. Thank David, you. thank you for, for tuning in. And that is an absolute true statement. Uh, I want You just hit on this, and this is something that's been rattling around in my brain. Badger fans are obviously excited about this four-star cornerback, great offer list. But you need to stack this, right? Like Ohio State gets two of these guys every cycle, one of these guys every cycle, and better. So it's- to your point – Maybe yeah, you need numbers to seal, right? And, and you, yeah, that's what this is. In. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, I know this will make people sigh and throw things at their television sets and everything else, but I'm a big guy that believes there's only three positions you really need to look at to kind of guesstimate the college football playoff. It's quarterback, which is just duh. You know, with the transfer portal and all that, it's a little more murky, but then it's corner and defensive line. If you look at the NFL draft, 2016, I, I, I'll admit I lucked into this. 
2016 college football playoff. There were four teams in it, Washington, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. What do they all have in common in the next NFL draft? All four of them had a corner or two. They were drafted not only in the draft, but in the first two rounds. I mean, I get it. you got to score to win. Look at the two playoff games this last year. It was it was insane. Even mm-hmm. Georgia got smoked. I mean, the guys are good. What you're really looking for is that one play. That pick six, that deflected pass, that deflection from a long arm defensive lineman. You get you've got to because they're gonna they're gonna score. If Kirby and Nick aren't figuring out how to slow down teams from scoring, then it's probably not gonna happen. They got more dudes than anybody. You still need that one play. When Alabama got beat by Georgia a couple of years ago, what was the final big play? Corner pick six. Yeah. Game was over. I mean, it's not like Bryce Young gets picked on very often, but it was just a great play. That didn't have anything to do with Kirby. That guy just made a freaking play. That's where Wisconsin's got to get to. We've got dudes that can match up on the perimeter. That's really well said. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Continue talking about um, this, this recruiting cycle. We're also going to ping on next year's recruiting side. We'll get uh, Brian's thoughts on the 25 quarterback, Layden Locke, that's committed early. We're going to do that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It is the sports book that I use. It's what we use on the Lockdown Network um, for a lot of reasons. But primarily, it's fast, easy to use, it's secure, instant payouts. All of the things that other sports books are difficult with getting your, your payouts, figuring out how to sign up, getting tech support. FanDuel has figured all that out to make it the ultimate easy customer experience. Plus, new uh, new customers can sign up, get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Baseball's going on. You can do futures on football, basketball, both of which I'm involved in. We talked about the Wisconsin Badger odds, plus 1,900 on the feeded season. Rajiv and I talked about it. Again, we don't think that's likely, but at plus 1,900, I might put 20 bucks on that and just have fun with it. So again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. No sweat first bet up to $1,000. The official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball and the choice of the entire LockedOn network in terms of sports books. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. I do want to say again, thank you to everybody tuning in. And incredibly happy 4th of July to everybody. If you're out there, be safe, but but have fun. Enjoy the fam. Enjoy the weather wherever you're at. Um, Brian, I want to talk about Layden Locke. So the Badgers, first of all, his older brother's on the roster. Braden Locke is on the roster, transferred over from Mississippi State. Uh, Phil Longo went out, got another Texas quarterback, 2025 class. What does it say to you when a guy like Phil Longo goes out? Because he's not ranked. You know, he hasn't he hasn't even played as a, a starter yet. His film's all JV level. But Phil Longo went out, saw him, and said, yep, that's our guy. Well, number one, you better be right because you're going to take a lot of criticism if you're not. But I watched some of his film and I just, for whatever reason, I selected his spring game stuff and all that. And they had in in Texas, for people that don't know, the amount of money that goes into a high school football program is a lot more than some small college. It's not even competitive. And they got stadiums, got 25,000 people. They got cameras everywhere and all that. And the film was great because it was up top and it showed the field. And they were a lot of man coverage and he's throwing off one leg, hitting guys over the top, uh, pocket shots, like in between guys. His accuracy is insane. So it's the obvious question. Can he do it when the lights come on? Nobody has a way to answer that because it's literally impossible to go, you know, get something out of zero. There's nothing there. But the accuracy is incredible and he can throw it from down here, up here, over here. He's a natural athlete. He's the guy that if we all went and played pickup baseball, he's your shortstop. He's your guy that's going to play maybe center field, one of the two, whichever one, either one's about the same in terms of ability. 
he can go and get it, and he can also find a way to get the ball wherever he needs it on the baseball diamond. But he's just doing it in football. I only have one concern about him, and it's it's partially due to his age and his size. He's 170, 180 pounds, whatever it is. But he's got two years of high school left. Accuracy is through the roof, and he's got a natural knack, just a knack for finding guys, even when they're covered in front. He'll, he knows how to put the right trajectory on it. Tremendous football prospect. And these things take care of themselves. He's got a high school program that's really good. I'm not worried about it. Is there, this might be a hard question. So, and I'm putting you on the spot with this. I didn't kind of preempt this. Is there anyone else he reminds you of? I know he's very young in his development, um, but anyone that kind of even roughly stands out when you see him throw? Well, I mean, Drew Brees is the style of quarterback he is, obviously, right off the bat. He's not freaking Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Right. Are, you, are we sure? Is that possible? Uh, let's lean away from that. Okay. But Drew is from Austin, Texas, originally. But, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of something to think about. The point is this. He moves the pocket like Breeze wasn't a runner, but he moved the pocket and annoyed you because you thought we got him and they don't. And then he throws a check down and it's second and six instead of second and 16. And once Drew is ahead of the sticks, how often did that end well for a defense? That's what this kid does. Really mobile, but he ran to extend the play. That's the key in college football. It's to a certain degree. It's turned that way in NFL too. look at the teams that win. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of the most annoying quarterbacks in the history of mankind. Most Badger fans are familiar with him because he played for the Packers. And that's what this kid does. I'm not saying that's Aaron's arm, by the way. Aaron has a howitzer. But he still has a pretty good arm, even though he's not a big guy. And when the rush came, he found a way to either move up and then slide, which is the common thing when DNs go over, over pursue. And if it was in the middle, he would spin out. Very natural athlete. I, I would imagine he's probably good at soccer or basketball, something like that. That's very foot heavy. Where you, if you're not good there, you're getting smoked. He'd be good there too. Really good athlete. So, any of the guys that extend plays you can think of in college or pro football, he's taken after them. And by the way, I really quickly want to say, if anyone hears kids in the background, my bad. They're off. It's Fourth of July. They're running around the cabin. So that's what that noise is. If anybody hears it, um, Brian, I did want to add this thought as well. The Badgers recruited his older brother. They really like him. They got him from Mississippi State as a transfer. Uh, so he's coming in, and he did great in the spring. You know, I, I grabbed the playbook, already the number two guy, looked really, really good. There's a part of me that thinks they they understand the culture of that family too. Like they, they know they have a better that feel of the younger brother because they have the older brother. You know what I mean? Well, they've probably seen him throw in a lot of different ways because he's got access to the brother, whoever mm-hmm. – in the back office, plus obviously Luke and everybody on his staff, they're going to be fine. The only question is, again, can the kid add weight? If Landon adds weight, he'll eventually be a starter for the Badgers. He is a perfect fit for these these pure spreads where you almost know what they're going to do when they still do it. It's accuracy. It never changes. Something that hasn't been exactly fantastic for the Badgers here of late, so I'll leave it at that. Trying to, uh, yeah, like watching Wisconsin's passing game a few times in the last few years has made me angry. So I I think that'll, uh, and I'm sure I'm not alone on that, on this podcast. But they need more of it, and I think he's got a great chance to move ahead of guys older than him just because he's got a savviness to his game. I love it. Look, I want to shift here. So we talked a lot of good on this show. We talked, you know, Agard or Ogard, I think it's Ogard, actually. We've talked late in lock. Let's talk about something you mentioned off the show, and there's a comment over here as well. This is from Not a Whale, says, really hope Liam Andrews commits. We need him if Uma goes to Stanford. So we're talking defensive line recruiting with this comment. Um, 
this is a spot in the recruiting class where the Badgers haven't made a lot of hay. They have Hank Weber, but they haven't hit on a lot of the high upside guys they've offered. When you look at a recruiting class, specifically this one with the Badgers, how concerned are you with the defensive line recruiting? I'll give you a comparison. <clears throat> I won't name the school, but there's another school that has some kids committed that are pretty darn good that usually recruits a little higher than Wisconsin, and they recently missed on a couple of kids. And there's still talk about that defensive line coach getting fired. Hmm. If that school switched situations with Wisconsin, there would be pitchforks in front of the office. And if Wisconsin wants to get to the playoffs, that's the expectation. They have there's no there's no pretty here. They have failed miserably in defensive line recruiting as of July 4, 2023. I, I have nothing else to tell you. I mean, you are not beating Clemson and Ohio State and those schools with the way their D-line is recruited. Mm-hmm. That's it. So either they flip some kids or they're going to be super heavy in the portal, which probably isn't going to make Wisconsin admissions very happy because, they, you know, I know that's a tougher school to get into, but they're not going to have any choice. You're not going to move up the ladder without D-line and really good ones, not just projects. Wisconsin needs my dude is better than your dude defensive line. That's a small number, bro. Most people miss. If you're one of those teams that miss, you ain't going to playoff. And let me, let's go to there because I think that's a really good point. A lot of fans have now shifted into this world where, hey, it's okay if we miss in the in the high school recruiting ranks. We'll just hit them in the portal. No. Not as easy as it is. No, 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 no. Two things. Number one, think about what you just said. What are the two spots that I always talk about on the show? Corner and D-line. They're the fewest in the portal because they're so desired. They get more rope. I mean, I hate this, but it's true. They get more rope at schools if they get in trouble because there's fewer of them. I mean, I'm sure most people have kind of heard some of the crap that's going on in Athens, Georgia right now. There's some fire there, and it's not good. Even as good as Kirby is, he could be in some trouble. But they gave some rope to some kids they shouldn't, and they might get hung by it. But there just aren't many guys like that going in the portal. The only exceptions is like if a kid is from an area. I cover Miami. It's easy for them because everybody leaves, and they'll oftentimes want to come back for a grad year or something. Right. And they come back home. Miami transfer portal recruiting is easy. It's how many kids are leaving the state of Wisconsin that they really want? I mean, this year? Yeah, this year. I mean, it's changed for all the wrong reasons. But I mean, it's a good point, this though. year, I mean, there's five kids a year that Miami might look at in the state of Wisconsin or Michigan or something like that. It's just true. It's not a very good state act for the high school players. So, they're going to have to be careful about that, and especially at D-line, man. you got to get them out of the high school rank. Occasionally a Juco kid, but again, academics at Wisconsin, I doubt they're going to get many. They've just got to turn it up at the high school level. Here's a question. Um, this is interesting. This is from Steve Mitchell said, if you have two brothers that have a smaller position like quarterback, what if one leaves because he scorned or, or he just doesn't have a great experience? Do you think that's a risk to, to stack two brothers at a, a position like quarterback in a transfer era? I don't know how it's not. It's the most volatile position. Um, I have some experience with just brothers in general. If the first one gets ticked, the problem isn't the younger brother. It's mom. Mm. Uh, that's I'm just gonna I'm not gonna say anything further on that, but it doesn't end well. So if he doesn't win the job, yeah, you could get burned. That's an inch, it's an interesting point. And I really and Steve, thanks for the comment. I really hadn't thought of that's that. That's a great that's it is. I mean. I mean, that's double-edged sword, bro. Like, oh, we're good. Right. Johnny was great. His younger brother's coming to Well, what if Johnny sucks? Right. You know right. what I mean? It's like moms never look at it from a real – this is my kid. That's, uh, you know, that's just how it is. So. No, that's interesting. Um, 
All right, one more here. Then we're going to get into a couple of the in-state prospects that committed before we really had Brian on the show. Talk to him about Derek Jensen, Landon Gothier. Uh, John Berger says, Brian is the man. Signing up for your update. Super smart and insightful. Again, people love you, man. Uh, Coming back, we're going to talk in-state recruiting. Two guys that the Badgers did get this cycle and get uh, Brian's take on those on today's Locked On Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show. All right, thank you so much for tuning in. And once again, for the last time, have a happy 4th. Have a great happy 4th of July today. I'm really excited to have everybody here. Let's get Brian back on. Um, So, Brian, you kind of came in uh, to the Locked On ecosystem about halfway through this recruiting cycle. The Badgers already had two kids committed, Derek Jensen, Landon Gothier. Derek Jensen, I want to start with 6'6", 315-ish pound offensive lineman. Um, what what were your thoughts on Derek Jensen seeing him on film? I wasn't surprised that he was a technician because he plays at Arrowhead. Mm. Um, that's a program that's been good for as long as I followed this. I mean, it's been early 90s. So um, technician, could play guard, could play tackle. I prefer him if I had to pick a spot at right tackle because I like he's got a physicality and a nastiness to him. But he's pretty good in space, too. I was surprised at how light he was on his feet, and I can tell he's been drilled to death. Again, he's at Arrowhead. He gets up to the second level, and those combo blocks, the timing of it, especially when you're hitting a a moving target that's smaller, more athletic than you, there's a lot that goes into it. And he still engulfed a lot of guys that were 200 to 220 pounds. They usually get around big offensive linemen like him. He was great. I was a little surprised his ranking wasn't higher, but then I thought, oh, I know why. He lives in Wisconsin. So it's not – if he lived where I did, he'd be ranked higher. So it's just part of the world. But he's a kid that will end up starting for the Badgers. Yeah, and I, he's a guy I think people look at. And your your insight was great because when we talked about him earlier, just myself and a couple other guys on the show, we had something similar. He feels like a right tackle. And when you say that, sometimes it's like a, it's like the nickel conversation. People are like, ah, he's a nickel. Well, right tackle is really important. Like. Especially if you want to play any form of power football. Think about the game. I don't care that Wisconsin's going to spread. That's fine. They needed to. When it's blowing sideways, 30-mile-an-hour wind in Wisconsin, and it will, you're going to run the ball a little more. Mm -hmm. If your offensive line cannot bully up, if you will, and just beat the bejesus out of the guy in front of them, you can have the greatest spread quarterback ever. It's still going to be third and ten a lot. That doesn't end well. Okay? Got to be able to run the ball. And his again, his feet are good enough to pass protect. I like him at right. This is my own personality because of his mentality to inflict pain on the opponent. That's, I mean, there are certain guys that are just unbelievable left tackles. But, you know, they're massive. They can run block if they want, but they're getting paid because they're protecting the quarterback. What's It's just, it is what it is. Dion didn't tackle crap, mm-hmm. but nobody scored on him either. It is what it is. Those are specialists that are the rarest of the rare. They don't have to do things other guys do because they do specialty parts on a whole other level. This kid as a right tackle is going to beat, you know what, out of you. And your offensive line is still going to be good in pass protect. It's not like he's elite at it, but he's got pretty good feet and he's got good balance. He'll be just fine. You get guys like that every class, Wisconsin's line will continue to be really good. And yeah, And to your point, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. Going spread doesn't mean you don't run the ball. Like Phil Longo's had oh, no. rushers. A couple of years ago, this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. I just tuned into the game randomly. Okay, it's ironic because I cover Miami now, all hurricanes on Fan Nation, but Miami hosted North Carolina. 
not one, but both the running backs averaged over 10 yards a carry in a game Yeah, under him. Just say that in your head. You don't have to like write it or anything. Just like at Miami, over 10 yards a carry. They, what did they score in that game? 60? It was something. It was just asinine. It was unbelievable. And they, I mean, they were really generic plays. They were just pin and pull. Mm-hmm. And they, it was just execution. Longo, oh, he's, he likes quarterbacks. Well, so do I. But his offense doesn't work without RPL play action. It starts with the running game. He's inheriting a system that has all these great linemen and a great strength and conditioning program. I wasn't surprised at all when he took the job. Some other people are like, well, why would you go to Wisconsin? Well, are you sure? North Carolina is a basketball school. You're never going to get the credit there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like Wisconsin's gone to the Final Four. It's a football school. I'm, I'm sorry, it just is. So nothing against their, their basketball pride. It's been great, but it's a football school. It's important. And the, how they do it is up front. We're going to beat you with our big bullies, and you're going to have to try and stop them. Yeah, and Jensen's going to be a part of that, I think. All right, let's shift over to, to Landon Gothier, the in-state linebacker coming out of Green Bay, about 6'2", 220. What did you see when you put him on film? That kid is about as instinctive as it gets. And he's another kid that's been drilled really well. He's an outside backer. You can tell that, like, he counts calories. He's that kind of guy. Like, every little thing, he's annoying. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's the guy you all go out for pizza, and he passes, and he goes and gets a salad or something. But he's he's shredded. He can run. He's absolutely a guy that'll thump you. There was a couple – it was fun watching the film where he dropped into coverage and the quarterback was an idiot, rolled and didn't throw it away. Okay, well, I'll just run over you. And he just hammered him. So he's a physical kid. And then the other thing is he didn't get caught out of position. He takes angles to the football really well. He's been coached. I'll be surprised if he's not a starter on Wisconsin special teams mm-hmm. almost from day one. Fits the profile. And for people that want to know, 220 – I'm guessing he's 6'1 and a half, 6'2. He's listed at 6'3. Everybody lies about their height, but he'll be just fine at outside linebacker for the Badgers. And, you know, some of the clips of him, and you mentioned special teams. I love seeing high school stars play special teams, like covering kicks, thumping somebody. And then the next play, they're outside playing outside linebacker and stringing a play out. It just, there's a give a crap factor. There's the only time that I don't want to see it is like, and I, I know I'm here in Florida, there are a handful of schools they just don't have to because they got 15 kids going to sure. college every year. But outside of those very few, you got to leave, you know, all except for maybe like one special teams unit. You know, a couple of the guys I went to high school with were all state and they were off the field, like one, one thing, you know, punt return. And the guy I'm talking about was a tight end and middle linebacker. He's not returning the ball anyway. So it doesn't make any right. difference. He was not built for that. He was 230. So you need to have guys that can go out and help your team across the board. I mean, Wisconsin's had some pretty good players on special teams that were starters in the past. I doubt they go away from that. Uh, we'll finish up here. It is for us. We've had Brian about 30 minutes already. P says, um, Brian, true or false? Is this natty time for Wisconsin? Uh, no. <laughs> no. You can't um, even give us a little hope on the fourth? I mean, look, man, I am the D-line cornerback guy, and they are really ticking me off with their D-line recruiting. Right. I'm, I'm a realist. People can throw all the rocks they want at me, but it is, I've been studying this data for 15 years. You either win at D-line recruiting or you don't. There's just no shortcut. Wisconsin can be nine and three, 10 and two without their recruiting. They're not beating Ohio State until they get elite defensive linemen in every class. That's it. Yeah. So, That's well said. I mean, and, I mean they got to do it, man. Uh, P says, oh, man, damn. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Commandant, who's on a lot of our shows, really appreciate it. Says, Brian, love your honest, straightforward insights. And we'll wrap up there. But yeah, a lot of people appreciate it, Brian. They really like you coming on the show. I'm not trying to give you the fluffy answer, man. It's You got to be real. Football's pretty straightforward. Let's keep it that way. I love it. Happy 4th, everybody. Happy 4th, Brian. I hope everyone enjoys it, has an incredible time, but please be safe out there. Every year we hear about things happening on the 4th to people. Be safe. Enjoy it. On Wisconsin, use your brain. Uh, let's get some defense alignment, and we'll yes. wrap it up there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. On Wisconsin, let's talk tomorrow.